Welcome to the Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Broken Agenda Podcast. I am Craig Stonaha. This is Tyler McCauley. This is Jimmy Klopp. And today we are talking about inflation. And we, we thought this would be a good dovetail since last week we did supply chain. So we thought we'd, we'd kind of roll right into inflation since the two of them are kind of best friends, apparently, at least now. Yeah. So I want to preface this entire podcast by saying we're going to get into some financial stuff. We're going to get into uh, potentially even some some things that may sound like financial advice. Please, for the love of God. We are not financial advisors. Do not make any life-altering or even any reasonable decisions based off of this podcast. If you get any great ideas, thumbs high. We're happy, but go talk to an advisor or a banker or a trusted hobo. I don't know who you talk to, but don't don't just do what we say. Buy crypto. It, uh, don't. So I got to scratch my... Uh, Invest in scratch offs. <laughs> no, no, no. We're big on scratch offs. Big on scratch. More, okay, good. Buy more lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah. Hey, before we even get it, all right. I want to I discuss that for a second. But uh, so today we're just going to hit on That's a couple great of great advice. <laughs> That's the best advice I think I've heard all week. I, I'm going to go through this in a second. But have you ever won a scratcher? No. Okay. Have you ever a won dollar? A I've won a dollar. Oh, you won a dollar. Okay. That's, that's right. Was it a one dollar scratcher? I have a buddy that won 15 grand. That was pretty nice. Really? Yeah. Well, that guy had a good week. Yeah. Nice. And he bought a house. He used a down payment on a house. What kind of a house did he buy for 15? Oh, a down payment. It was payment. down payment. That makes right? sense. I thought maybe he got a... Good decision. Mr. Rose. <laughs> That's, yeah. My good buddy, Mr. Rose. That's kind of awesome. Uh, have you won? I have. Uh, my dad and I invested like 100 bucks like 10 years ago, and then we just kept playing. So it was enough to sustain us for like six months. Really? Yeah, we just kept rolling it. I did win the daily number one time. I hit the jackpot on that. Wow. Well, how much does that pay? Uh, I think it was seven hundred dollars for a two dollar ticket. Wow, that's a that's yeah. a jackpot, man. That was that one was good. My dad was big into the lottery, and he was noticing that the same numbers were coming up each week. He's like, "I know we can figure this thing out." He would look at the charts. Gonna figure this thing out. And he was right. I mean, he was right. They'd probably run the. <laughs> yeah. There was there was definitely a. They probably run the same algorithm. They weren't well, they weren't cleaning the balls. That's the market. <laughs> so the dirtier one sat towards the dirty bottom. balls. <laughs> You, up, you won with like thirty. You won with thirty balls. I won, yeah, seven four one. It's the only way to win, Jimmy. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, that is incredible. That's actually kind of awesome. It, yeah, it was kind of rainmanish when he was doing it. It's like, Dad, you gotta take a break. No, <laughs> there's a pattern. You gotta tell him to double just, down. How many toothpicks did <laughs> I just drop on the floor? <laughs> Come on, man. The day they figured, the day he realized that they figured it out, he was like, "Sons of bitches." Uh, <laughs> they got it. And then they cleaned their balls. Yep. Yeah. Now they were onto him. They knew. That's a shame. My my daughter is good at the scratchers. I mean, you can't be good at scratchers, but have you noticed some people hit? It's my father in law hits thousand dollar all the time. My father in law is good at it too. Son of a bitch. I've I've scratched I don't know maybe a hundred <laughs> scratchers in my life, and I've never even gotten a free ticket. I have a my fr- daughter will scratch two and she'll win forty five dollars, and I'm like I don't understand how this works, but I have one in my bag. It's a it's free ticket winner for. Since Christmas. <laughs> was, do you want to cash it in and bring it in here? We'll scratch it off together. Yeah, Don't let do me that. touch it. I won't touch it. I'll watch. Okay. I can be an observer. Just well, I'm I not make a, physical contact with it, it immediately changes all the settings. Maybe we should get your, is it your dad? No, my father-in-law oh, and maybe, my daughter. Maybe we should get your daughter in here to scratch it. Oh, well, yeah, but then she won't, she won't split the winnings with you. She's a hard negotiator. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, she might, she, she might give you your original investment back. Maybe. Wow. She runs a tight ship. She, she doesn't put up a baloney. So, I trained her well. I'm so proud. That's good. That's yeah, good. <laughs> I really am proud. 
Um, no, but today on inflation, we're going to hit a couple of things. We're going to talk about just, just what's causing inflation. I mean, I think we can all agree that we're in an inflationary period right now. If you can't agree with that, I, I don't know, pause and then go look some stuff up and then come back. Um, but we're definitely in a high inflation period right Somebody now. told me we weren't. So, And if somebody's telling you that, then you should not talk to them anymore <laughs> because they're liars. And it's just clearly not happening. We're going to get into some details on how we're in an inflationary period over the course of this. We're going to talk about... What's causing it? How we got here? You know, does this have anything to do with politics? Is the administration involved? You know, what, what is that role in this thing? How does it affect you? Um, how's it going to affect your finances, long term, short term, all that stuff? And then, you know, kind of, is there anything you can do to mitigate it? Which I've been grappling with that one personally. I have some thoughts, but I mean, I don't really. It's we'll talk about that. We'll yeah. get details on that. Um, but ironically, <clears throat> with how bad it's gotten with inflation, Scratchers is not a bad strategy. <laughs> Sweet. So, I mean, does anybody want to start here? Does anybody get, in, get into this before I start ranting? No. Follow the agenda. Now, you've, you've felt, so you do, I don't know if you've ever talked about what you do on this show. But, I mean, you, you, you do property investment and, and contracting work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I own rental properties and do contracting and flip houses from time to time. Have you felt it? Oh, I see it. I mean, yeah. How so? I felt it. I've seen it. Uh, well, I mean, with prices of, of goods, I mean, every, t- so I keep, well, I was, this is what I was telling you as the beginning of the show in QuickBooks. When I do quotes, I have probably 10,000 items inside QuickBooks. So, so if I do a quote, for a project, I do every single line item, every single plumbing piece, every single board, every single every single component that goes in. I, I line item estimate everything. So every time I go to the store and I get a receipt, I come back home. When I input the receipt, I, I input every line item. That way, when I do my next quote, everything automatically generates the prices. And I just have to, like now, I have to verify prices, hmm. you know, constantly. But... But so, you know, like I did a plumbing, the, the, the recent plumbing job I did, I bet you every single component I bought in plumbing department doubled. Because like a hundred percent. I, I, it, it was, it was close to double every single part that I put in there. All the little stuff, like the, like all the little stuff, the, all the joints for the PVC, all the elbows, the T's, all that stuff. Like, you know, the big long pipes, no, maybe they're up 20, 30%, you know, but it's all the real little stuff, you know, that's hmm. where it's getting to totally annihilated. And I haven't put anything in my QuickBooks that has not been at least 50% or more. So there's nothing you're seeing that hasn't been affected nothing. heavily. In the, nothing. That's the contract. Now you're doing, no. you do a lot of buying in the technology sphere. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing? Same. I mean, I... I think you and I were chatting about one spot where I haven't really seen an increase, but I mean, well, we were talking, I think we only found two it was hard two drives and RAM. and RAM and that's it, which I mean, SSD drives are essentially RAM. So yeah. I guess yeah. they're kind of related, but other than that, like buying a new PC at this point, buying a server, something, you know, a full unit is cost has increased. Um, now how much have you seen it? increase? I mean, just say let's uh, since the beginning of this year, Ballpark. I'm not going to hold you to it, but because yeah, I've seen some crazy quotes go out on PCs. It depends. 25, 30% increase really? just in cost alone. Yeah. Across the board on all computers? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I, we 
used to be able to find not a cheap option, but a lower cost option typically. Uh, and I, those don't exist anymore. I mean, what we're wow. buying PCs for now is, you know, 20, 30% higher than what we were two years ago, even beginning of last year. Have we looked at Macs? Are they in the same boat? I haven't. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I did one. I, I imagine I don't, they are. I don't see, and I don't know enough about their pricing structure, like pre everything. Because I think really the ones I've only that I've done have been in, you know, post COVID times. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously that's a that's a not a huge sample size. We've got somebody buying in the tech sphere and somebody buying in the contracting sphere, but those are two pretty big industries. Yeah, I mean, everybody has contracting needs, and everybody has technology. I mean, I know I've seen it in cell phones too. We're we're starting to see it. Um, in the service sector too, which I think is going to hurt a lot of people, but you're starting to see it come out in cell phone bills. You're starting to see it. You know, I think we get announcements from companies like uh, internet service providers and things like that, or just you know, they're just trying to keep track of inflation, they're just, you know, jacking up rates. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know what I want to say about what's causing it. Do you guys? Do either one of you want to talk about your cause causation here? Or well, how about beer? What's the cost of, of booze right now? Not only has beer gone up, but have you seen that they're limiting how many cases you can buy of certain beers? Yeah, like it's, I mean, and now, and the microbrew stuff is is going crazy. I mean, I'm spending 60 bucks on a case of beer. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, something that was, and it, I'd say that's probably a good 75% increase. Like a $35 case of beer is not 60 bucks. I'd rather oh, support Lord. the microbreweries than the bigger breweries now, too. So, like now, I don't, if, if. I look for all the small stuff too as well. So I haven't bought anything that's been a, a big distributor for a long time. So, but it, even groceries, like how much are you seeing at the grocery store? I know we were about to move on, but no, like, groceries how, how's are gro- groceries? Groceries are getting terrible. I, I think groceries, I don't do it all the time. I stop and get little things here and there, but I think we're probably a good 30%. At least. Mm-hmm. Increase. Some, some things like meat are over 60% up. Yeah. yeah. So we have a chart on, on grocery why items. Why don't you pull that up, Jimmy? I think, yeah, you're right. Groceries are not. Now, look, all of these charts, I don't agree with all of these. Um, especially, we're gonna, we have a, we have a, and for anybody that's watching or listening at home, not watching, um, we're just we're just showing some some charts and graphs here of inflationary issues that is we're there a seeing. Chart? First yeah, tab, the first tab. Yeah, the second, second tab, tab, I'm sorry. Tab. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to it, you're not going to see what we're talking about, but we'll describe it to you. But yeah, I mean, here, they're saying, you know, 19.3% on, on bacon. So I love that it's specifically bacon. Right? We're <laughs> yeah. going to call out bacon. bacon. There's, there's, there's steaks and other meats, but then there's bacon. Yep. Um, 22% on steak. And this is, what what month is this? September? This is This is from September 2020 to September 2021. Which, and I will tell you that I call BS on this, on all of these charts. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because a lot of this is regional. Yeah. So you, you may see internationally or nationally an average increase of 24.4% on used cars and trucks. But depending on where you are, you could be seeing, <laughs> oh, look, I'll tell you right now, I track my KBB value, Kelly Blue Book value of my car religiously because I'm anal retentive and I track all my finances like a maniac. And my car which is, I drive a 2015, and I've got 60,000 miles on it. And it is worth almost as much now as when I paid for it. As a, wow. tr- as a trade-in. Yeah. And not quite. It's, it's lost but, some value, but, I mean, it's regained, God, I don't know, close to $10,000 in value over the last good Lord. six, eight months. 
So, I mean, have you guys gone to a car dealership recently? Uh, I think April is when we bought uh, Shauna's car. How'd the lot look? We drove down to Philly to find a full lot. Really? So we yeah. drove from Lancaster down to Philly. Lots are empty. Two hour. Well, drive. I know there's one right up here on a Nissan dealer. They usually have about two to three hundred cars on their lot. I think I, I called them a couple of weeks ago and they have, God, I don't know, nine. Nine. Nine cars on the lot. That's it. Yeah. I, they're begging for trade-ins. They're like, we'll, we'll take your car. So my father-in-law works for uh, an auction, one of the auto auctions, and. He said the amount of used car because it's all all they sell at the auction is obviously used cars. Uh, he said they just fly out the door everything from what we would consider a throwaway car to some you know next to new. They're just flying out the door. I mean, it makes sense because you can't get new. So the used market's the only market that exists right now. Because mm-hmm. if you order a new car, what what's the lead time right now? I think you're looking at six to twelve months. I don't know. I know when we bought we bought Shauna's car new because the used were going for pretty close to the same. Price okay. and they had a few on the lot. That's why we drove to Philly. We had actually driven to Philly to look at a used one. They sold it out from under us when we got there, which is that typical tactic. But uh, ended up in a new one. Uh, but they had a, four of them, four new Honda Pilots. Wow. At the time. I like yeah. a Honda Pilot. It's a good car. Yeah, it's a nice car. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we're seeing twenty four point four on cars, which I maintain is crap. Beef and steaks. They got a twenty two point one. I, I, I've seen that as high as like 60, 70%. I say I've seen it higher. Now around here, we're lucky. We're in a relatively rural area and there's, there's plenty of private farmers around here. Mm. So if you go to a supermarket, you might see 50, 60, 70%. But if you go to a butcher, you may, you may see zero because they're not feeling it yet. But I was just reading farm farmers are about to feel it. Yeah. I mean, uh, fertilizers going through the roof and you can't get it. So everybody's going to be fighting over fertilizer, basic um, farm equipment, tractors, um, threshers, like all the stuff you need to run a sizable farm. Can't get any of it. Yep. It just doesn't exist right now. Um, and this is going to be a, a real problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you think microbrews are bad now, wait until you can't harvest hops. Yeah. And all of a sudden hops are now 400% increased in price. Yeah. And I'm going to start selling my hops. Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) Sell that in your used car. Instead of cutting them down and throwing them in the trash at the end of the year. (laughs) Wait, what? You're growing hops just to throw them away? Well, sometimes I get them. I throw them in my beer throughout the summer, you know. I mean, what, like just to float on top, like extra yeah, hops? Yeah, I garnish it. Wait, is that a thing that people do, or is this a Yeah, you can. This is okay. my thing. You can hop I garnish the it. ferment and stuff. I too. call it garnish. It's my beer you just get a hoppy beer, and then you don't have to have, you know, gross well, Because there's there. nothing like sitting and sipping an ice-cold beer with fresh hops floating in it, dude. You it's an arom- aromatic. Yeah. It's more of what it is. It sounds like bio It's called dry hopping if like, you hop yeah, beer afterward. I mean, yeah. that's called dry hopping. So you dry hopping your beer? Yeah, but I just do it. I call it garnish. I give out bags of hops as garnish. You want some garnish? I don't understand people anymore. <laughs> I desperately try to avoid all vegetables at all levels. I did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I don't want them floating in my beer. Yeah. I don't want. I don't fruit the beer. I'm sure it's not like a veggie beer. Like that it's even like throw a tomato in there. That's um, hopping my beer. I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to try that because it actually does kind of sound good. Well, it, it actually it'll. I mean, it'll actually. You get a lot of flavor. It's more it's, flavor. It's more for the aromatic. I can see it being right? really good in like a it, blue it, moon. It like does like add some bitterness room. to it. I mean, you yeah. definitely change it. Depending on the hop strain. Yeah. yeah. Well, any of them. I mean, it's, if you put a hop and you eat a hop, it's like 
you know, talk about bitter beer face. It'll. No, really? Yeah. I got a buddy who grows his own hops. Maybe I do it to all my kids' rabbit. friends when they come over. I do the hop challenge and have a, everybody eat a hop. To all of my friends' kids. Kind of you You're giving. <laughs> He's like the worst Santa Claus ever. <laughs> <laughs> he gives all the neighborhood kids hops to eat. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing. They're, they're just flavoring. They're just bittering. What kind do you grow? Uh, I have Golden Nugget and Cascade. Cascade. That was one I always liked to use. Oddly, they come in at different times too. The Cascade come in about a month earlier than the Golden Nugget. Kind of weird. Yeah, I've only ever had uh, uh, Jumanji and uh, Telluride and Sandstone. For real? No, I don't know what he, your people yeah. are. Oh, so, okay. No, he's just making up words. Like, I've, I've been <laughs> like, out of brewing for a while. But I'm like thinking, I mean, right. I've seen Hopless before, but I don't recall hearing any of those. I can't believe you've never had Sandstone. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. There probably is a hop the called Citra Hop. There probably is. I'd like to it's, grow some Citra Hops. All the beers I like have Citra Hop. Mm-hmm. Ones I seem to like. Well, they're going to get expensive. Yeah. Inflation. Boom. You know, I'm thinking I did scrap a van my engine blew in my van man i wish i wouldn't have scrapped it you're a fool that thing's probably worth 3.6 million dollars now i know I mean, give it up give it a month and you'd be able to you know buy an island with it. i scrapped it for 500 bucks i mean it was a yeah fully yeah. huh you probably could have I mean, honestly probably could have sold it for 2500 you probably could have taken <laughs> probably it off and probably gotten three grand for it yeah yep. it's a weird world right now man which i don't know what people are doing with them because you can't get spare parts either so how are you going to fix it up and make it runnable? I don't I don't know. Uh, my father-in-law said a lot of these used ones go up to like New York City, uh, Boston area. Oh, Guys yeah. come down, buy them up. Might you go to junkyards and get parts. And yep. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You got to go scrap parts. Put them together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, I mean, so so food's definitely, on the, I mean, even this is a pretty conservative chart in my opinion. And that's not a pretty look. No. I mean, a one-year 25% increase on cars and trucks and over 20% on, on meat. And that's that's what they're reporting. Say three of my this favorite is things are in the top five. St- Absolutely, Statista. Is this a? Is it's this a website. It's a website. They pull. It's pulled from the uh, consumer price index. Okay, this these types of things usually lag too. Mm-hmm. Like they're usually a little behind. What you're feeling right now is going to be a couple months ahead of what they're reporting because they've yeah. got to collect the data. They've got it's got to report out, collected, organized, regionalized, all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of this stuff is just bonkers. Now, there's, there's, there's so many causes that are causing this, though. I mean, my, my personal favorite is I, I, this, this, this printing money is the biggest issue, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot just get... My favorite description of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Is the most basic definition ever. I think I've said it on the show before. And I don't remember how much we printed last year between... PPP and the SBA loans and the stimulus checks and all this stuff. But I mean, that had to be about a trillion dollars, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what I had read earlier okay. today. Something around Ended there. up being about a trillion dollars. And now we just, we're printing another trillion dollars and we're talking about printing another 3.5 trillion. Um, so, which means we just keep dumping cash into an already inflated market, which is only going to cause more inflation. You just keep adding money to the, to the factor. It stops losing any of it. It stops, stops having any value. You know, a, a diamond is worth a lot, but if you fill this entire basement with diamonds, ain't worth nothing. They're not worth really anything. I mean, they're just a bunch of stones. Yep. So, I mean, we're absolutely just watering down our currency. I would say, without a doubt, that is the number one issue we're having right now. Is we just have an absolute now. Usually, the solution to that 
is you raise rates, you raise interest rates, you raise interest rates, you know, money stops moving around so much, it starts getting pulled back into the banking system, it, you know, people stop spending so much, you know, commodities become worse, worth more. But the, the problem is to print all this money we've been borrowing and we can't afford a rate increase. Yeah. If we raise rates right now, we don't have the money to pay the interest on higher rates. So we have done exactly what every economist who is conservative over the last 30 years has told us not to do, which is print yourself into a corner. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we get out of this, honestly. I mean, some people say you can print your way out of this type of situation. I don't know how that's possible. I've never quite understood what they were saying. I feel like that's just doing the same thing over. It is, but I guess eventually, like, I don't know. It just balances out at some point. Space-time continuum breaks and you end up back where you started. I don't understand what their rationale was, but apparently that's a theory. Um, Obviously, you can do austerity, but that's the political kiss of death when you start, you know, just cutting programs (laughs) and stop giving people money that you told they were going to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you raise interest rates, but if you raise interest rates, you're going to have to print more money to cover the interest on the money that you printed. I don't know how that works either. Like, I don't really know how you... How do you back this truck up? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm not an economist. Great. Glad we're having this podcast. <laughs> we have no solutions. Um, all right. What else is causing it? Uh, the labor shortage. Labor shortage, yeah. I mean, labor shortage, you got to pay more to get people. I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing short term. I mean, I think in industries that have been wage stagnant for a long time, it's going to naturally raise you know, rates. I'm never a big fan of a federal minimum wage increase because I think that's an artificial way to stimulate wages and it puts a lot of stress on on organizations and it causes undue price increases and everything else. But I'm actually kind of okay with a natural rate wage hike. I mean, this isn't natural. I mean, we caused this. Yeah. But at at least it's happening through market impact, not through, you know, forced policy. So... Well, what do you think? Did you guys see all those those cargo ships outside, and they're sitting in the ocean? The supply chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're bad. I mean, supply Jesus. chain is definitely impacting this. You can't get stuff, dude. There's hundreds of them just sitting, floating. Yeah, and nice. all the and the and they were interviewing the guys at the uh, at the at the at the ports. Like, they's you know, he said at Christmas time they were walking around looking at those rooms. Did you see any of those videos? No. They were doing tours of the ports, and the guys are like, "These rooms are full every year at Christmas. These rooms are full, and they're empty." He's like, "I have no idea what's going to happen here. This is like just unheard of with what's going on." Well, it's here insane. Right now. And now we're we're paying these ships can't work, so products backing up in other countries that want to ship to us because but the, because the ships can't go back to pick it up because they're just sitting there floating off the coast of the U.S. We got to still pay. Um, the ship workers, you got to still pay for diesel and for everything else for those ships to be functional. They have to eat, you know, yeah. there's just the costs keep increasing and we're just not getting it done. I mean, I this heard is- the guy was saying something. He's like all the regulations and things that they have to do. He said he was talking. I didn't listen or I didn't, I didn't really plan on this for this talk, this conversation, but he was talking about just, the regulations that have come down that are preventing them from getting these ships unloaded. Well, the problem is they have to deal with California. And, and so, these are, most of these so are California regulations. This is, this is like, it's like it's intentional. Yeah. Well, it's like mean, they're intentionally doing this. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to war with truck drivers. They're going to war with non-union employees. 
They're going to the state of California. The truck drivers are sitting in line waiting to get the cargo. Yep. And nobody, they can't unload it because of, of yep. you know, political reasons. And yep. Well, do, do you guard see a ton of, of tanker trucks and or, or tank boats, like large freighters and everything sitting off the East Coast? Well, uh, I think New York. No, you see it in the Gulf of Mexico? Say, no. No, it's California. It's, I love these people. They're like, oh, it's a national. No, it's not. It's California. California is the worst. And I'm sorry if you're watching this from good California. Old, good old Pelosi. The worst. Good old Pelosi. I'm not blaming any one person. As a general rule, California just is terrible. <laughs> just absolutely horrible. California's it's, doomsday is coming. You know what I would love to do? I would love to move out to Oregon and run for governor. And just turn the entire coast into shipping and just take all the shipping. I, it would be the richest state in the country. It would be. <laughs> Oregon could be a god of a state if they just kind of said, you know what? We're going to do the opposite of everything that California is doing and yeah. we'll own the West Coast. And just change. Yeah. Every yeah. time they and every time they enact something, do the opposite, the exact opposite. Be like, hey, dock workers, come on up here. Oregon loves you. <laughs> We're only across one border. Just want, just walk north for a little bit. But, but does that, but I think... Oregon has a little bit more harsh winter, so that doesn't make it the most prime location for probably this. I, I bet they'd figure it out if California yeah. won't let the boats in. <laughs> like, yeah. And you want to go to the United States. Well, Oregon, the alternative. Oregon gets pretty harsh winters. And then so now you're bringing everything into a, a snow-ridden state. And it's got to like go out from there. So it's probably, I, I don't know how much of an impact it would have, but I imagine. I mean, Oregon's not that bad. I, I mean, mean California is ideal because of the weather conditions year-round. I mean, California is, I mean, it, it would be ideal if they weren't totalitarians. Mexico could do it. Mexico, yeah, but then they can't get it in across the border. <laughs> say border the only way you can get it across the border anymore is take to it. put it on your back and walk it across the Rio Grande. Then take, you can get it yeah. to America. Take it, take it in, bring it in Arizona. Yeah, but you got to walk it in. Then you have to have a new, new some kind of border agreement, I guess. It, I, Which I, is a whole nother issue. It's a whole nother issue. Right? We're getting off topic here, as we, as we do. But yeah, no, this whole thing is is mostly a California issue with this with this docking situation. Um, and I honestly believe they just don't want to be in the dock worker business. I feel like they just feel like it's beneath them, and they're like, "We're California. We don't work with docks." You know, like, society. That's a Boston thing. You know, like, like I feel like they're just they're just too haughty for it. So and I'm like. How much you're paying? I'll go work on the <laughs> crap. Um, no, I mean that's I don't I don't know that for sure though. I mean, Everybody's too busy being in their own movie out there. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know about that either. But <laughs> I do like that we're making fun of California. So that's the beauty of being an East Coast podcast. It's too easy. <laughs> By the time it is too easy, <laughs> just, it's like dominoes. They're just setting them up every week. It's, we should just do a California podcast. <laughs> The top 100 reasons why California is a nightmare. <laughs> and you know what? You know your state's a nightmare when everybody who lives there desperately is always trying to convince you of how great it is. <laughs> uh, do you know anybody lives in California? All they yeah. do is tell you how great California is. And I'm like, if you have to tell me all the time, that's a big indicator. There's some problems <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the Facebook guy that's always telling you how great his marriage is. You know that marriage sucks. <laughs> like a person of really good marriage never brags about it. It's like trying to convince people to share the misery. Yes. Like you got to move out here. It's the best. It's doing awesome. It. It's awesome. It's, we're the best. We're great. Here's a photo of me doing awesome California stuff. And I'm like, Dude, all right, sport. It's, <laughs> it's, there, there is so many houses everywhere. It, they, they just, there's, it's just, you just run from community to community to community. To community. There, there's no space in between anything. It's crazy. Like we were in Venice, you know, I, we went when we went out there the other year. Venice Beach, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And uh, 
I mean, dude, that place is, that's just crazy. I mean, I can imagine in the day it was a really cool spot, but now it's just like, it's just people living everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing about California that makes me want to live there. I don't know why people move there. I I, I mean, mean, the weather's great. The weather, nice, but. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, we liked San Francisco, you know, but I still wouldn't go move there. And now it's even worse. I've heard San Diego is nice. San Diego is nice. Uh, San Francisco has really taken a a shot over the last couple of years. I I used to like San Francisco anymore. I won't go back anymore. But they're on, they're one of the big cities on (laughs) pooptracker.com, which is they they track cities and all the places where you don't want to go because they're covered in poop. I think it'd be pretty (laughs) cool. Which is not a testament to your city. Like, it's not a good thing. We have friends that live in San Francisco and they can't sell their houses right now because they've basically decriminalized crime. Um, yeah. And they literally just said, what was it was like a week and a half ago, I think it was the mayor of San Francisco. That's said, revolutionary. Well, having your house broken into and having your stuff stolen is the price you pay for living in a city. This is their response to yeah. crime. And I'm like, no, that's when you get more police and you deal with the crime. Like, I, I don't understand where this mentality comes from, but that's that's a real problem. And she, um, she has um, homeless people that live in her front yard and it's illegal for her to get rid of them. So they're in her property and they have more rights than she does. Um, she had to get a 160 pound Rottweiler because they were breaking in almost daily. And she finally figured out the only thing I can do to keep them out is if I have a dog, like if I, if I use a weapon, I'm liable yeah. to go to prison. She was, but I have a dog and they break into my house and the dog rips their leg off. For some reason that's okay. She goes, I don't know why. So she got a massive dog and it's the only response she's been able to do, but she's like, I can't sell my house. She was nobody will move to San Francisco right now. Nobody will buy your house. She goes, and we're all upside down because we all paid way too much to live here. Yeah. So you need to get a ton of money to break even on your house and you couldn't sell it for half of what you bought. Politicians should be brought up on charges. It's it's mm. nuts. And, and California is a mess right now. And I, I, I'm sick of hearing people defend it because... I'd like to go to Silicon, Silicon Valley though. Um. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't arranged a field trip for well, the office. We'll, we'll make it happen. But that's how you know when a city's bad, when the big company in that city builds its own city outside. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Seattle. <laughs> Microsoft built Redmond, and now Amazon's, yeah. they're going to leave and build their own city outside of Seattle. Yeah. That's when you've officially lost as a city, when big companies like, you know what? I'll build my own city, and I'm going to do it right. <laughs> and then I, it's, so I mean, I, It'd be be pretty sweet to go out there and see because they have they're implementing all the auto automation in the stores and stuff. I mean, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But you I know, no like the restaurants bring robots bring your food to you and stuff. I like robots. I mean, as long as they're not trying to kill. I like them. to take my kids out there and go to Silicon. You should go out there. Go do it. Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna take a quick ad break. We didn't get to any of our agenda. I don't even really actually remember what we talked about. I know we bashed California a lot, and that was fun. <laughs> so sorry, Cali. Um, but we're gonna have a, a quick uh, message from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Thanks, y'all. I, I, I was, we gotta get back to the show, right? All right, what are you gonna say? Yeah. Sorry, well, it's it's kind of show related. So you just talked about inflation, like one of. Well, hold on. are we back? So or is on, on, the, on the record. We can. Yeah, we okay. can go on record. And we're back. All right. Sorry about that, guys. We took an extra long break there, but you didn't see it because you only heard one commercial. So, I mean, you're welcome. So go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. What were you going to say? Okay. So, I mean, well, before I go into that, should we finish out with this chart and like... No. Nope. Yeah, I see that chart's, that chart's done. Okay. Moving on. So, 
so we so there were things that that I heard about as far as like the ways out of inflation, right? So so basically in order to get out of all this money printing, you, you there was there's only a handful of ways you do it. So you either sell off all the assets in the country to the to other countries, which kind of screws us, right? Use the military to start a war and steal assets from other countries. I'm not, just, I'm not against that. Yeah. That's perfectly viable. But we always do it wrong. But we do it anyways. Yeah. We're, we're terrible at that strategy. <laughs> Moving on. Technological innovation. We're good at that. Right? Mm-hmm. So, And then uh, here's the very interesting part. You pay off other countries with printed money. Your debt. You pay off your debt to other countries with printed money. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying before. But so the problem all this is, then you create more inflation, right? But you're also washing. You're, you're washing away. You're washing away our country's debt by printing money to other people, which is, makes the other people very mad. We're we're in what thirty trillion dollars in debt right now. Something like that. It's and what a small number? If you printed thirty trillion dollars to pay off that debt right now. A, a loaf of bread would cost you eight thousand dollars. Be Zimbabwe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, our currency would be worth absolutely nothing. We have so much debt that that's not even a viable option either. I mean, you could print money to pay the interest on the debt, but you're just going to keep making the problem worse unless you completely stop borrowing and actually implement some sort of austerity, which would take fiscal responsibility at a governmental level. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. So how? So so if they. So the, I heard too. So if they if they raise interest rates, if they inject this money in, they say by injecting the money in and pulling it out within a reasonable amount of a time, that the the money being pumped into the economy to stimulate it, but then getting it back and, and well, what extracting I'm saying right it now back is, out. Is that's a that's a fundamental flaw in their philosophy. Money being pumped in right now won't stimulate it. We already have a saturated market. We have tons of money in the market. Like we don't need more money. So what's happening with the stock market right now? Do, you, do, do either one of you guys track metrics in the stock market? I mean, no, I'm so stuck in crypto now. Okay. I'm a, so I'm a big I, stock I mean, market I guy. I looked at it. So right now, any person worth their salt who's good at metrics and, and running math in the market, none of it makes sense. I mean, we're at all-time highs in the Dow and the NASDAQ. Um, right. And there's absolutely no – we have companies that are floundering. They can't get shipments in. They can't deliver products. They can't manufacture. They're having employment problems. They're having every possible problem that usually kills an industry going on right now simultaneously, and their stock price is at all-time highs and rising. This and is, the price-to-earnings ratio are way out of whack. Way out of whack. And the only thing that's even holding them together is they are just continue to take orders even though they can't deliver product. But eventually, at some point, people are just going to stop placing orders because they still haven't gotten their previous order. You know, really, you're going to buy another iPhone when you didn't get your previous iPhone? Or you just got it a month ago, you're going to buy the new one? No, you're going to say, you know what, I spent $1,200 on this thing and I just got it a month ago. I'm not spending another $1,200 on an iPhone. So this won't last. So the earnings, the earnings ratios are going to go into the toilet soon. At some point, what's happening right now is we have two things. We have an emotional market, Rivian. The Rivian IPO, I don't know when you're watching this, but the Rivian IPO just landed and it went from $70 to $130 in two days and they've never really built a car. So this is an emotional thing you've got this company that went public and people are buying it and running up the price based on an emotional attachment to an industry which is the electric car industry right yeah. now 
But it's there's like, no actual earnings. It's like meme tokens. Exactly. It could be an absolute scam. The they meme, could just the run meme with their tokens. Money and they go, ah, I got you. The second thing that's happening is, let me ask you guys this question. If you don't want to invest in the stock market, but you have money on hand, where do you put it? Interest rates are 2.5%. Do you buy a bond? Well, I mean, Real estate's at the highest prices possibly ever. Do you buy real estate? I, I buy crypto. Crypto, maybe. Crypto's yeah. not a bad idea. What else besides crypto? Art. Which is, hmm? Art. NFTs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no. It, but or precious metals. I mean, they're not doing anything but they, either. Though. They, they just hold value in, in the time of a drop. Yeah. They don't really like soar in value. No, you're not going to get anything out of precious metals right now. There's nowhere else to put your money. So right now we have an artificially inflated market because there's nowhere else to go. Well, stock prices are going to go up naturally just for the simple fact that they've just printed this money. So the, 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 the dollar is, is worth less. So stock so prices are going to naturally to stock, stock yeah. prices are going to go. This is why I don't think real estate prices are going to, they're talking about a real estate uh, bubble burst. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. The, first of all, if if the real estate prices collapse, there is going to be such a win, such an influx of money that get poured into it that they're just not going to. It's just not going to be long. See, I disagree. I say that we are absolutely primed for another bubble burst because we've got all time high prices. We're still selling houses. People are still buying at inflated prices. What causes a real estate bubble is an insolvent market. Buying at high prices with people that can barely make their loans. We're right back to where we were in 2006. We're giving loans to people that shouldn't get them. They're buying six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar houses when they make sixty thousand dollars a year. Like none of this math works, but we keep doing it because we want to keep that industry solvent. But what happens is now you're now you're riding the knife's edge. So all it takes is a big market correction. Or God help us, a recession, businesses start going out of business, people start losing their jobs, it becomes an employer's market instead of an employee's market, people start not being able to afford their mortgage, they get upside down, next thing you know, these houses go into foreclosure, and boom, you're right back to 2008. This is exactly what happened before. And we're but you pr you've printed all this money, so how are, the only thing that's going to go up in a, an inflationary period when you have all this money printing going on is going to be hard assets. So land, real estate precious metal the only thing that's going to hold value is going to be these assets no it'll only hold value if people can still buy them the problem Absolutely is people value. can't buy them if the groceries they used to buy for 150 dollars a week now cost them 400 dollars a week and they can either buy groceries for their family or pay their mortgage so this is what's happening when everything else goes up i mean gas just hit a historic high in california and i want to bring it back to california but it's the highest gas prices ever on record we got a gas price right? test on. And everything yeah, in it. our market is tied to fuel energy costs. Is this gas? Yeah, but that's a, like a national average. That's a national average, so. yeah. But everything in the U.S. economy is tied to energy prices. Everything in pretty much any economy is tied to energy prices. Mm -hmm. When energy prices go up, everything goes up. It takes energy to make everything. So even a farmer out there riding a tractor has to buy energy for that tractor. You know, it's, it's, it's got a, he's got a heat the milking shed for the cows. So he's got everything or she, I don't know who's running the farm, but regardless. So we've got all the recipes here for an absolute disaster and printing money and giving it to the, to the real estate market isn't going to help this because printing money is what got us into this. So creating more inflation to fix a problem that inflation caused is going to cause a bigger problem. So what you're going to do is you're going to create another bubble. And now you're skipping from bubble to bubble to bubble. You might stabilize the first bubble just for it to pop and have you 
eventually the market will demand, a free market will demand reality at some point. Right now we're in an emotional market, but eventually logic will take back. And when logic takes back, when the numbers don't work, that's a bubble. That's what causes a bubble is, is investors say, oh, man, I'm really out there on this GE stock. I don't know why it's worth 150 bucks, but I don't want to be the one holding the short straw at the end of this thing. You know, so I'm going to pull my money out. You know, this is where bubbles come from. And the only people that survive bubbles, the only way to get through a bubble, you, you don't spend your way through a bubble forever. At some point, you have to let the market live. So that's why I say, like, I disagree with that type of mentality because dumping money into an inflated market is going to create another inflation bubble. But if you're giving out free money, how, how are prices ever going to come down? How are the price, how's the price of food going to drop when you've just added trillions? Well, we already talked about everything comes from energy. So the first thing you want to do, and, and I will say the previous administration got this right. The first thing you want to do is, is create energy independence. Once you're energy independent, you're no longer reliant on outside factors that can influence the core basis of your economy. You now have step one completed. But this is a multi-tiered thing. So shutting down, they just announced they want to shut down another pipeline that feeds mm -hmm. the entire central United States. Yeah, right. Absolutely the wrong thing to do in this type of, if anything, you should be ramping up energy production right now and <laughs> dumping energy into the market because energy fuels everything. Let's just put everybody out in the cold during the wintertime. It's, it's insanity. To me. Let's not do that in the summertime. Yeah. And it won't even matter because if you shut down a pipeline, I, I, I've read a, a study that says if you shut down a pipeline, it can take two to 24 months to get it back online. Because the energy that runs through the pipeline actually feeds the pipeline. It makes sure the seals stay lubricated mm -hmm. and that the actual pumping stations and all of the safety measures and everything else are fueled. Like when you shut it down, you can't just, it's not a, it's not a computer. You just don't hit a button and the whole thing yeah, comes goes, back on. And yeah. starts. You got to go check everything, turn it on, yeah. check everything, run yeah. the line, you know, fix, make repairs, mm -hmm. dry dead seals. All these repairs are probably going to have to be made when they. You could be looking at years before you get that thing back on. We're, so while we had energy independence just a year and a half ago, we don't anymore. And this happened quickly in like nine months. We went from energy independence to... This is um, why the big push for solar was happening. Well, I have no problem they, with cause solar. Because they, they knew that this was going to occur. This is why they were giving out all the... This is why this whole big... You're saying they were planning on this and they Yeah. Were, I think all of this is to push people into solar. So they, this, the whole thing is a push for renewables. I love renewables as much as the next person, but you cannot force a market to adopt your opinion. That, that never works. Historically, it never works. Every single time, it ends poorly. And that's what they're doing. They have an opinion that they have not sold everybody on, but they don't want to take the time to sell everybody on it, and they don't want to take the time for the market to develop the proper technology, so they're just going to cram it down your throat. And Americans don't usually take kindly to that type of business, yeah. especially not Texas. <laughs> they don't put up with that crap. <laughs> So, but, uh, I mean, this is energy, I would say is step one. So instead of trying to save floundering, first of all, you should lock down the real estate market and be like, look, no more. We're tightening up on financial requirements for loans and everything else. Um, you got to have a certain credit score. You got to be able to, yeah, got to have a certain amount of assets and money to put down or you can't get a loan. That's, that's step number one. That's how you save the real estate market. You don't save it by bailing it out. You save it by making it be responsible. You make sure that energy is domestically produced and that it is, a, it is affordable and is reliable and you keep working on, on uh, a conversion to renewables, but you don't sacrifice the now for the future. You do both at the same time. 
Um, you find any other industries that are truly in trouble, such as farmers with a fertilizer shortage or anything else that's going on that will affect the entire national supply chain. Those are the ones that you help right now. So when you start working on, on deals to get fertilizers and yeah, fix the damn port. Like, you know, there are <laughs> things you should be doing right now that would be steps in the right direction that would have immediate impact. And we're not doing any of them. Well, that's because that's not the plan. <laughs> well, and I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theory stuff. And I, I'm not even saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying that, that there is a right way to do this. And that's what this podcast is about. And we're not doing that. So whether you believe that this is a grandmaster plan, there's puppet masters pulling the strings, or whether you believe we just have an incompetent president, or whether you believe that this has nothing to do with either one of them, and it's space aliens, it doesn't really matter. The matter is, the, the point is, there's a well-documented way to handle these types of things in a reasonable society, and we, as evidenced by Rivian, are no longer a reasonable society. We have become an emotion-based society. Society cannot run on emotion. It can't. Society has to be cold and logic, logical. Communities can be emotional. Yeah. And they should be. They should care about each other. But a society needs to, <laughs> needs to run on metrics. A business does anything that has a large organizational structure needs to be metric-based. And we've lost that completely. And to our peril. And this is why we're at where we're at. Now, I'm going to change topic real quick. What's COVID's role in this? Go. I've talked enough. What's COVID's role? COVID's a cover-up. <laughs> Damn it, conspiracy theory, Jimmy. <laughs> COVID was the... <laughs> Dude, this is this is so stupid. You no more pale ales for you. This is so... The, the, all of it is so stupid that it's it has to be pre premeditated. There's no, there's no... Any kind of common sense is completely out the window with everything that's happening. You know, and and COVID is the is just the thing that's being used as the excuse to make a gigantic mess and for everybody to move, maneuver, and manipulate, and do whatever the hell it is they're doing. To like, I mean, nobody would accept this kind of behavior had it not be for COVID. They wouldn't be accepting the kind of leadership that's going on, the kind of decisions that are being made, being made. It's just, I don't know. COVID, I a lot of COVID's people, role is, I mean... A lot of people aren't accepting it. I mean, that is something we should mention. Yeah, I, mean, I think more people are coming out of the woodwork and stop stopping their acceptance of it. Yes, I agree. Because, I mean, at the beginning, everyone was convinced. Uh, well, we were all scared. We all got to shut down. I mean, that was my favorite time, I think, ever in my life, is being able to go out on the road and... Nobody else was Nobody driving. Was there. We were still this working. This is awesome. But we own the world. Like <laughs> yeah. We were essential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you shut down the global economy for how many months was it? It was almost, it was about a year. Oh, almost a full year? Yeah. And then you pump money into, at least domestically, pump money into hands. Nobody's changed their buying habits. Which right. has been the big thing. Uh, well, real change takes time. Right. So we didn't actually change anything. Well, that's we just, because you gave everybody free checks. Why would anyone change their buying habits? Well, if you're going to shut down the economy, you pretty much had to give them something to live on. Yeah. It never should have been a shutdown economy. And, again, and, and Florida has become, in my opinion, the model for this whole thing. And, and I don't know if I take some crap over that. I don't know what to tell you. But the idea was once the numbers came out, in the beginning, you were right. We were all scared. But mm -hmm. once the numbers came out, it was very clear. If you're under the age of 60, this isn't really a thing for you. 
it's not going to matter. Like, yes, some people may get sick and die, but some people may get sick and die of anything. You know, I, I just yeah. had, I had a guy I knew who was 42 years old who just had cancer. You know, I don't think we should shut down the economy for cancer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there were segments of the population who were in danger from this. And Florida's tact was, let's protect them. And let's keep everybody else living life. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, they're in the bottom half of almost every single statistic when it comes to COVID. And infection rates, death rates, everything else. It didn't really hurt them. And they actually did better amongst older people because they focused all their efforts on protecting people over the age of 60 who were in the highest risk risk group. And we still, I watch the media and they bash Florida. And I don't understand it. I'm like, we, we, we did 50 different things, which is what America is. America's an incubator. Every state does their own thing. We figure out which one does it right. Um, we figured out the recipe and then we hate the chef. Yeah. I don't understand that. Well, that's because he didn't follow the... He didn't, didn't follow the rules. And they didn't, they didn't want to have people see what Florida showed. Well, all I know is you can't buy real estate in Florida right now. It's the hottest market on earth. And every single level. There's Everybody no, like, wants to be there. Say, I mean, that peninsula is going to sink. There's too many people on that thing. <laughs> I mean... The, the only rational thing that you can, you can't say, oh my God, we got to shut the world down because you think something's going to happen. That was the most ludicrous like thing that I ever witnessed in my life. Yes. I agree. And you know, immediately it was just like, there's not even enough information going around to, to even rationalize what is being reported right now. As soon as it came out, like nothing even happened. Yeah, there was little things, but what about when SARS came about? Remember when SARS was oh, yeah. and and the Nile virus? You know, it was like, yeah, we were just like tread lightly. Hey, remember swine flu? Yeah, yeah, like H1N1. it's like I tread, you know, tread lightly. Hey, this thing's going around. We're not, you know, just don't lick a doorknob. Get back to work. Yeah, we yeah, got to no. be cautious. Like, you know, be careful. Like, we don't know really what it is, and that was way worse. Oh. You know, it's like SARS was way worse, right? I I don't know about and that. And the, the Nile virus. Hmm. Which one was the mosquitoes? That was West That's Nile. West Nile. West Nile virus. Yeah, it was Which Nile. is still a thing. Yeah. So Look, There's only one I'm scared of. Uh, Ebola. Yeah. Well, even when that one came That's around. Rare. That one scares the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> e- but even when Ebola well, was floating around, it was like a Ebola hey, Ebola doesn't hey. float around. We don't have Ebola in the U.S. Like, every once in a while, we'll have somebody that flies into the country and there's like a small outbreak in a city. And... People get a little panicky, and rightly so, because your insides melt, and it's not a good look. Um, but most of these things are not that big a deal. And I, I maintain a lot of this comes from the fact that we are soft. We are soft. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not an old man, but I feel like I'm starting to talk like one. <laughs> like, I don't know. You rub some dirt on it. You get back in the game. Like, this is not the thing that kills me. The gypsy woman told me. (laughs) They should have, they should have issued a national warning to say a national, like, Hey, if you're old, if you're got a weak immune system, you need to be extremely careful. But right now we need our strong citizens of this country to stand up and be brave and keep this country going. And like I, I what even, they did was to, to ab- some level, what they did was nothing more than a, a political freaking marketing campaign. No, it was nuts. The whole thing, really the whole thing was let's take back the throne, let's create chaos, and and 
He's going off the deep end. I'm going off the deep I'm going off the agenda. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I think that's what it was. No. It was I, the win back the throne. I, I agree. And I, now they've destroyed the country. Well, the thing that cracked me up, and this is why I, I remember when Donald Trump refused to implement federal rule over states on health matters because it's outside the purview of the federal government. And he got skewered for it. And that was when I, the first time I felt like I got slapped in the face because I was like, hold on, we, we have a president who's actually refusing to, 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 to do overreach. Like, I, refusing federal overreach is a thing this president is doing. That is the right thing to do. Let the states figure it out. If your state's having a problem, all of you figure out what's best for you and let's all report back and let's all figure out who's doing best and let's figure out what the recipe is here. And he, ref- he was like, no, I'm not going to overreach. I'm not going to become that guy. I don't, you know, I'm not going to destroy the Constitution over this thing. And they s- excoriated him on it. And and that was just a weirdest moment, I think, in my entire life watching politics. Because I'm like, I've never been prouder of a politician. I don't think I've ever seen in my life a politician say, no, no, no. I don't want any more power. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> and then to watch it happen and to have people be unhappy about it. I think it was a, was a wake-up call for me. I was like, I don't understand how you can be unhappy with a guy who you call a tyrant saying, I won't take this power. I was like, you should have been celebrating. Everybody should have been celebrating. Yes, that's what a leader does. A leader does not overstep their bounds. Like, let your people do it. Like, you have good people, but you have governors and you have lieutenant governors and you have health officials. Let them do their thing. Like, it's fear. When the, the whole, the whole racist marketing right. campaign you got... The whole racist marketing campaign got started when when he tried to ban travel to China. He called it a racist marketing campaign. I like that. Be, because they tried to he banned travel to China because of spread of the virus, the right? China virus. Then as soon as that happened, then that was, he was. That been the then that's that's when the whole racist thing virus. happened. That's when the whole racist thing happened. <laughs> no, and it, you really got to. I mean, yeah, there was there was definitely they were calling him racist over that, but I mean, you can't you can't steal that credit from George Floyd. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that guy earned a place in history. Right, but but that didn't have nothing to do with Trump. No. Well, I mean, yeah, it did, but no. But no. he became a racist because he banned travel to China. Mm-hmm. Which everybody agreed with. So, so... Until he did it. <laughs> and then he was a racist. Yeah. I mean, this, this is the part that gets me, because it's crazy. They all agreed with it. Biden agreed with it. Nancy Pelosi agreed with it. Like, they all agreed with it. And then he did it. And they all said racist, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on!" <laughs> you ever played uh, what is it called, Plague? The movie yes. game. Yes. What's the first thing you do? You shut down your ports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you shut down travel. That's right. And what's That's the first why thing Denmark you do? always wins as the virus. The what's the game? Talk, yep. t- talk about the game. I want to hear more about this. You've game. Never You've never Plague? played. No, oh, you need to download it. It's free. Plague. Inc. Okay, tell about. Tell me about the game. Basically, rules. your goal is to kill all the humans on the planet by building the perfect bio. Let's talk it's about the virus or anti- that would have been the bacteria. only reason for our reaction. That's the only reason that I gave it some credibility was unless it's a chem bio warfare. I love that you brought up that. that that's the only way, and that was the only reason I gave a two week period in my mind. I was like, unless this is chem bio chem warfare, and they don't want to say it, maybe it's a chemical bio biological attack. So that's the only reason why I gave clout to Look, coronavirus I gave, for I gave a month. couple of minutes. I gave them a month. I gave them March. I gave them two weeks. I gave them, I gave them, I gave them two weeks and I started getting antsy and then a month in I left. I was like, you know what? I'm out. You know, stone high. Out. Pop my hat and I went to South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina didn't do any of this. I went down. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Did I ever tell you about my stay in South Carolina? 
I remember talking yeah. to you while you were there. Yeah, you were there. it was the greatest time in another country ever because it was not America. No. It was, I'm sorry, it was America. This yeah, wasn't America. This wasn't America. No, like it was. They, I got down there and they're like, "What are you doing with that silly mask? Get that off and have a have a mai tai." Like they yeah. didn't they didn't give a crap down there and nothing bad happened. Nothing bad happened. <laughs> like, Imagine that. Nothing bad. The world's most for, deadly virus was flying all over the place barely, and nothing happened. I lived down there for four months and their infection rates were the same as everybody else. They didn't, they didn't have a single mask. In fact, the only places they had masks in South Carolina was anybody that had a mannequin. They would ironically put masks That's on their cool. mannequins because they thought it was funny. <laughs> and most of those masks, I, I, I will say, said screw liberals. <laughs> like it was, they, they were clearly making a statement with their masks. <laughs> but, but I remember I went on a golf trip with some of my buddies and I flew one in from St. Louis. Apparently St. Louis is still on hard lockdown. And I have never seen an adult man as wildly uncomfortable as my buddy from St. Louis in South Carolina because he didn't know what to do with his hands and face. <laughs> like at any time, because he would go to, we'd go golfing and he'd walk into the pro shop and he'd immediately start panicking, looking for his mask. He'd put it on, he'd walk in and there'd be 50 guys in there all high five and sharing plastic solo cups. Like they didn't care. And he's like, we don't have to wear a mask. And I was like, dude, I don't even think they have masks. Either. Like, I don't think you can get them. I was like, I don't, there, where did you get that mask? <laughs> no, we, we gave all the masks to the medical community. Yeah, yeah, we gave them to the people that needed them. And he couldn't, he couldn't get over it. He couldn't do it. And that, that really stung me too. Cause I'm watching this guy struggle with basically being brainwashed. And he never throughout the entire week he was there. He never got past it. He couldn't, and he, you'd see him like want to, but he couldn't do it. It's, Think about how easy it was to get brainwashed. Like I can very vividly remember after the shutdown going to the grocery store and I refused to wear a mask. And then within a month I was wearing a mask and I felt awkward. Like, yeah. this is weird. And then it got normalized and then I just got sick of it and I just stopped wearing it. But like it just was so easy to get normalized. Yeah. And it was just like you'd look and see someone without a mask. You'd be like, whoa, look at that guy. What the fuck's he doing? Look at that brave soldier. Yeah. yeah. It says, it says no, no, no mass at the door. No. Yeah. Why'd you let him in? It's worse than not wearing your shirt. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could come in with no shirt, no shoes, I and a mask. In that like third month, if I had walked in with no pants, it would have been, been more socially acceptable than if I walked in yeah. with a mask. You're right. And it was just, and I think I, I made that realization when I really sat down and thought, like, holy hell, I was swayed to just do this all the time. Like, I would go to gun stores because they didn't make you wear a mask my kids loved it yeah they're like we're going to a gun store can we go we want to go they give us lollipops we don't have to wear a mask i will <laughs> say talk I'm, about i'm it. not a big fan of changing the constitution in any state or federal i just think it's a dangerous game but one of the greatest moments of my life was when they shut down the executive power in pennsylvania yeah when that when they won <laughs> that that election that that referendum i mean i, I literally high-fived my wife like i'm like <laughs> like this, this is the great because like, I don't know I, I refuse to accept that one man gets to decide my life yeah I'm with you it's that's a hard nut to swallow look we're running out of time here yeah I do have a couple things I want to talk about real quick back to inflation I know we all want to talk about how ridiculous COVID-19 is um, but a couple things worth mentioning is the most important thing to remember from a financial standpoint. If you're watching this and you, you're still you're paying still attention. You got cash in um, your mattress. If you have cash, it is losing value every day. 
All right. So this is the worst thing you can have. And people will say, you know, oh, you got to save. We've got inflation happening. You know, the times are going to get tough. You got to save money. Don't save it as cash. And I, when I say cash, I don't mean like stack, fat stacks of hundreds. I mean, anywhere where you have cash. If you have a 401k plan and you've got a bunch of money sitting in cash instead of in investments, that money is in negative territory right now. According to the federal, you know, released inflation numbers, you're losing about 4% a month which is four cents, which means last month, a dollar is worth 96 cents this month. Um, I maintain that that's bull crap. It's higher than that, um, but only time will tell. Um, so for the love of Pete, get out of cash. Now, I, I will say there's a couple of things. There's not a lot of places to put money right now. Bonds are worth nothing. Stocks scare the heck out of me. I'm not going to recommend buying stocks, but that's where I stick a lot of my money. Um, if you haven't refinanced your mortgage at this point, Two and a half percent is an amazing rate. Yeah, I mean that is a good place to stick some money is is to into real estate if you can get it without breaking the bank. Um, but definitely sitting on cash is a bad play. I don't know. I mean, I, am I wrong? No. I mean, and this is not going to stop. You're going to keep hemorrhaging money on any cash you're sitting on. So. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I would say is I don't really have a solution for how to hide from inflation, but I would say that's a way that you could absolutely be boned by inflation. I will agree with Jimmy 100% on this one. I'm putting a lot of money into cryptos. Although I do feel like cryptos are going to drop with the market because they're so closely tied to it anymore. I, I also think that cryptos have a value outside of the U.S. dollar, and I think that's important. And I think it's going to rebound way faster. And I think it has the potential. When there's a drop, they may drop together, but crypto is going to explode back. Agreed. So I, I have a lot of money tied up in cryptos right now. Good, bad, indifferent. I'm not recommending that either. I'm just saying that that's a place where you're outside of the current messed up system that's happening in the U.S. Plus, if the dollar keeps dropping, it's going to take more dollars to buy a Bitcoin, which should theoretically increase Bitcoin price. So crypto is a complicated the- space too. It is. Man, it's complicated. Well, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just buy, buy Bitcoin. Just ride mm-hmm. ride the gold standard. I, you know, you can get into Cordano and Polkadot and all these other crazy things, but Ethereum and, and Bitcoin is all you need to know. Yep. Those, those two are the two gold standards of crypto. And if you don't want to learn And buy Coinbase things, stock. I think if you want to hedge inflation, buy freaking Coinbase stock. I have a lot of Coinbase because stock. Coinbase is making, dude, the, the, the money they are making is like astronomical. You know what's going to happen, right? Their, their stock hasn't done as well as I wanted it to. It's being held down. But once we get past the emotional market, their metrics are amazing. And, they, and they're, they're buying gonna crypto. They're going to be reaping the rewards of their return to normalcy. They're buying crypto. They're investing in crypto projects. Dude, they are going to, they are going to implode. They're going to explode. You keep saying implode. That's a bad thing. <laughs> explode. Explode. <laughs> It's all gonna crumble. I keep using the wrong word. <laughs> I feel like you're sending the wrong message. <laughs> wrong message. Um, we are out of time. I, I don't know. Do, do we have final thoughts? We totally busted this. Uh, yeah, this like what is energy. the real inflation rate? Because we're being lied to. Because every freaking, I can't believe how many times I watch things where they're saying that the inflation rate is six percent. Well, that that it, report right is, there said last month it was what three point seven, dude. That is ridiculous. I think, so. I, I think if you... You got to scroll down a little bit, but I think it was 3.7. Uh, There's no way it's 3.7. If, how, you, how, if you look at a dollar... How on earth... Okay. 
So here, you oh, got, you're talking about the inflation tracker. Yeah, that yeah, has, the that CPSI has it at six percent. Yeah. But this is the federal. Yeah, bond. but what is what three point this uh, three eight four? That's month. that's gas prices. Oh, that's this just gas. gas prices. That's just uh, yeah, the increase in gas prices. That makes more sense. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what are we looking at here, Tyler? So the, if you if you stay down at the bottom, so yeah, six percent. Twenty twenty versus twenty twenty one gas prices. So retail gas prices. January. We pay at the pump. February, March. So they start at two forty two in January. Yep. And, and now they're at 338. And so they've gone up basically a dollar in. So, so in that's a 30, yeah. 35% increase what approximately. It? What was it last year? Was it, is that say 224? It was 263 in January. Well, uh, the number right above three, the three. A year ago it was 224. 224. Yeah, 225. So it's gone up over a dollar in a year. Yeah. So Which, yeah, I'm fairly positive that's unprecedented. I don't know that I've ever I, seen a 30, $1 increase in a single year. Well, no. let's look at October all the way back. Yeah. Two two ninety four, two seventy, two twenty four, three thirty, up here in two thousand fourteen. You got to go all the way back to two thousand nine, and I saw an eighty cent increase up there. But I think that's the highest I've seen differential for one year. Mm -hmm. So that is the largest differential in. I, I can't claim this definitively, but de possibly in history. Oh, up in Two prices years, yeah. over a one year period. Yeah, that's almost a thirty. That's got to be close to thirty percent right there, right? But don't worry. Inflation is not real. There's no inflation. Well, so, that's just gas. It's, and I'm telling you, I went to the store and I bought I bought products that are doubling in price. Well, and I, I, I think that's tougher to track because you also have to take it. You'd, you'd have to do a true one-to-one. -one. So you'd have to find the mayonnaise, for example. Mayonnaise packaging has shrunk over the years. Exactly. But you still pay that's the what they're price. Yeah, but they usually run the pricing per ounce. That's like, what they they're doing. They usually run it by packaging. So they usually price per ounce in this stuff or... You know, like lumber, they're going to price based on specific things. I'm trying to remember what I was just looking at because I had, because I didn't clean my pantry out, but I had something from a couple of years ago. Same, same price, around what the same price. Four ounces less. Mayonnaise is good up to 15 years after its expiration date. I'd be doing something. Yeah, I'll say. You're fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I would. I forget what it was, but it, it had reduced the ounces. Look, this is yeah. the, and they're downsizing all the packages, keeping prices the same. You're getting 60, 70% of what used to be in there. I mean, it's. Yeah, that is a good point, though. I mean, it's cereal boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah probably everything. That's, that's what I think. It that's was how they're hiding it. They're remember hiding when, it. Remember by, when they tried to go to the eight ounce sodas? Yeah. And people just stop buying sodas. Like I think they forgot that 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 men have hands that are large. Yeah. Have you ever picked yeah. up an eight ounce soda can? <laughs> I, I it feels like like if you don't daintily hold it, it's just gonna crumble in your hands. Yeah. Like it is way too. I don't like to have huge hands, but like Tyler's it's, got bigger hands than me. Uh, too easily comparable to a can of uh, tomato juice. Well, yeah, no, I don't want to drink. A, I don't, don't want to drink that. a soda pony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even drink soda often, but I do. I want a minimum of twelve ounces, preferably sixteen or twenty. Well, my one and a half cups every time. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> so, so what um, do you? But no, you're right. It's 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 a tough comparison. Was that your final thought, or did you have a final? No, I don't really. Have, I think we covered. The only thing I would say is final thought: the ultimate difference in the sexes, the sniff test. Talking about mayonnaise, I'd eat fifty-year-old mayonnaise to pass the sniff test. Oh yeah! If I open it up and I was like, yeah, "That seems fine." <laughs> yeah, I start with the sniff test and then I taste a little bit. Well, I had a, a a piece of steak and a potato from a restaurant that was in the fridge from two and a half weeks earlier, and I pulled it out, I put it in the microwave, and Lisa was like, "The hell are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm going to eat steak and potatoes," and she goes, "That is two and a half weeks old," and I was like, 
I sniffed it. it seems solid. <laughs> it's still, yeah. still good. Like, there's no fuzzy stuff growing no on slime. it, and there's no weird slime, and there's no weird smell. I was like, I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know what? And we were. We were okay. Yeah. Really? Imagine that. I mean, being okay. Yeah. In the time of such craziness. It's man. fine. It's yeah. fine. We got to the point where I have my own refrigerator, so every time things get old, my refrigerator gets stocked. I'm fine with that. And my own refrigerator in the garage and everything that moves out there, that's all the outdated stuff. You mean the good stuff? Yeah. That's you got to age. It's aged. Yeah. Age that food. Yep. Age that penny Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> really let it sit out there for a while. Get, get rock hard so you can pick the whole order up with a fork. Yep. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. All right. We are way over time. Well, hey, before, you, before we close, what do, <laughs> what do we think the real inflation rate is right now? Uh, man, I... See, they do it monthly, so it's tough to tell because we're looking at numbers. Like when we say like 30, 40%, you're talking about since last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I call that BS. I, it is, I would say it's probably closer to 13% in my opinion, 10 to 13%. Based on what? Um, just based on the research I've done. And, and from, from like what, 13% from when? From a year ago. From a year ago. Last year. Like that, it's, I, I, oh, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Month, month over month. So I'd, I'd say. From so you a think thirteen percent from last month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking the year. Over a year, I'd say we're probably at fifty to seventy-five percent. See, that's how they. That's how they're they're deceiving people, giving them a, a month over. Oh, last month, inflation's only up like three percent. You know, because you know, last month it was up four, and the month before that was up three. Yeah, but here's the thing that I'll tell Next you. thing you know, it's like do you get a three you know, 30, 40, 50 percent later, here no. we are with the freaking news. No, the average the average raise of, of an American is two to four percent annually. Mm-hmm. So if your inflation rate's at three to six percent monthly, we're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna end well. So or get a victory garden going or something. Like this is not a good scenario. And so anyway, so you forward. over the year, what do you think you're at? What do you got, Tyler? I, I don't. You don't I have, don't have anything. No. What do you you gotta say something. Shit's just expensive. <laughs> I'll put it at fifty. I'm saying about thirty to forty. Okay. You might be more accurate. I still say it's a lot. <laughs> Guys, we gotta go. People need to leave. They have lives. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for joining us. Tyler, as always. Jimmy, you're a wild card. I'm Craig. Have a great night. Hasta The Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology.